racism is real. I feel like I have to say that because there are some people who seem to believe that racism does not really exist and it really isn't real now in 2021. So they will say that racism happened a long time ago and the only people who are racist right now are the black people that keep bringing it up. Others will just say that racism started by Barack Obama. When he became president, that's when the world became racist. Well, that's when we saw the racists for who they were. And then there are others that say, well, it's not real because Black people and all the minority people seem to just need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. They need to work harder, harder and follow the rules. They don't want to get ahead. But we all know that's not true either. You see, racism is something that I can speak on as a Black woman in America because I have seen it for myself. You see, it's not about trying to work hard to get ahead. We have five generations of land or homeowners in my family in this country, three generations with some college education, and every generation had to receive some racism. None of us is immune from it. Politicians refused to shake hands with me. And I'll give you an example. When my father was alive years and years ago, Richard Nixon was running for president. He had a big parade down Broad Street in Richmond and he was reaching out, shaking hands with everyone on the side of the road. My father was one of the people lined up that day. And even though he did not express his political opinion on that day, he extended his hand right in the crowd of others. And immediately when Richard Nixon saw his brown face, he dropped his hand and moved on to the next person. Many years later, shortly after I moved into Chesterfield County, there was an election for some local politicians, including some for the um, U.S. representative seat in my, for my area. As I went to the polls that morning, one of the politicians was actually there, not in the polling place, but standing out in the parking lot, greeting the lines of people, shaking their hands and asking for votes. There were several of us getting out of our cars at the time and moving towards the polling place. And he stopped and shook hands with every single one of them, except me. When he came to me, he dropped his hand, looked over my head like I didn't exist and went to the person behind me. Another example of racism. When my daughter, who is now 37, was ready to enter kindergarten, we had to have them tested at first to see if they were ready for the real kindergarten or for what they call the pre-kindergarten, which was okay. My daughter was four years old at the time, which made her fairly young. And most four-year-olds tested into the pre-kindergarten category. So I took my daughter, I registered her. Now, let me give you a little background at that time. At the time I registered her, I was a single parent. I had been divorced for a little over a year and I just had hip surgery. So I was still on crutches, but that didn't stop me from making sure my daughter got in school. 
So when I took her there, they took her into the room and they gave her the test and um, got out, came home. A few days later, they called me back. Um, there was something wrong with the test. I'm like, really? Yes, we think we need to retest her. And I'm like, well, what happened? Well, she scored higher than we had expected. Higher? My blood boiled. They were retesting my child because they couldn't believe the numbers they saw. Well, I took her back because I wanted her to get into school. They tested her the second time. And the second time she scored even higher. Well, with that information, they could not put her in the pre-K class. They had to put her in kindergarten. But in their mind, there was still something wrong. They just assumed as a Black single parent, she needed extra help. So they placed her in the Title I program. Now, Title I was usually at that time for students that were at risk of failing, at risk for having households that did not support education and that could not give the proper nurturing to their child. Well, my household did not exactly come into that. You see, I was teaching at the time, full time. I had a bachelor's and a master's degree. And even though I was a single parent, that doesn't mean I couldn't take care of my child. So they placed her in the Title I program. And the Title I teacher called me and asked me, why is she in here? I said, because they placed her there. And she says, well, she really doesn't need to be in here. But now that she's in the program, I can't really kick her out until the end of the year. I'm like, okay. So she ended up making my daughter a kind of unofficial, official assistant for the program because she would help the other kids that were four and five years old. Yeah, this is what happens with racism. I remember being at VCU back in the early to mid 70s. Now that was a time when if there was a black person on campus, you knew them. You knew their name, their hometown, their major, their likes, their dislikes, and you probably hung out with them. Well, at that time I had more than one professor tell me or tell the class, some of you don't belong here and I am going to make sure that you flunk out and leave. As he looked around pointedly to every black student in the class. Racism is my grandson being labeled a behavior problem by a white substitute teacher when he was in the second grade. A teacher who decided that because he was talking to a little white girl in class, he had to be a behavior problem. So she decided to put all the little black boys in class on behavior plans. We didn't have that and we let her know it. Racism is me being called, not being called to do my job when I worked as a supervisor in the city of Richmond Public Schools, but having my white boss called instead of me, asking him to come inside our crisis. When he comes to me and says, why are they calling me? That's your school. And then by me going there, asking where is my boss and saying that they need an expert and I'm having to tell them unequivocally and show them in my actions and words that at that moment I was the boss. Not to mention the everyday aggressions and microaggressions. You know, I can cannot even count the number of times I was followed in a store. 
I cannot count the number of times that I was denied service at a restaurant. I cannot even count the number of times that I was called the N-word. One of the first times I remember is standing in my front yard playing as a school bus full of white children rode down the street on their way to Maymount Park, yelling it out of the window in synchrony. It was horrible. And the last time I was called the, the N-word was back last year, just a little under a year ago, I think it was in May, leaving a grocery store as someone came out in the parking lot and yelled, damn niggers. Yeah. So yeah, racism is real. Racism just isn't in things that I see here in Richmond, Virginia, or in the South. I've experienced them all over the world. Racism was in Mexico. While on a cruise with my daughter, we all have our port stop in Mexico and going to a dolphin adventure where my daughter and grandson were going to swim with the dolphins for them being the last to be placed into the group, even though they were one of the first that were ready and seated in the proper area. Watching the other people come up and not even ready and being given numbers to move on ahead as my daughter was sitting there in the middle and the white people were picked off around her. Racism is getting ready to take a van back to the, back to the ship, standing there with another woman who I may say was an Asian woman whom I thank to this day. She was standing with her daughter. I was standing with my daughter and grandson. There were five of us. We told them the ship we were going to. The man knew what ship it was. The van came up. The van was for that ship. They placed the white family that came in behind us in the van. Then they placed the Asian family that were in front of us. And then they said, we only have, have a few going. And the three of us were standing there. And I'm like, why can't I get on the van? And being told to wait more than once. But thank God for the Asian woman who got angry and spoke up very loudly. Why can't she get on the van? We're all on the same ship. And she literally argued my case, our case for us to get on the van. As the white people sat there quietly, pretending they didn't hear any of this. Racism was in Ethiopia, where my daughter and I had a layover on our way back from Ghana where we went to one of the hotel stores and looked at some items and decided to purchase a handbag. Noticing that the salesperson did not really care to give us any help or offer us any assistance. But hey, I was in Ethiopia for probably the only time in my life and I wanted this handbag. So when I took out my American Express card, all of a sudden her attitude changed. And she said, oh, wow. I didn't realize you were an American. I thought you were a Ghanaian. I guess being American Black was better than being a Ghanaian Black at that time. Racism is real. We won't even go into all the other systemic methods of racism, the police brutality, the murders of our people, the fear that for my grandson and all Black men and women, every time that we see a police officer the judicial system, the redlining. Racism is a part of every part of our lives. And it was here from the beginning of the nation. 
See, racism caught, started with the concept of colonization. Colonization that occurred when what happened? You see, in colonization, a group of mainly European-based people decide that they want freedom to go somewhere else and start anew. So they go out, quote, discovering these lands. But the truth of the fact is, as they were seeking for freedom, whether it's religious freedom or financial freedom or freedom to live according to their way they want to, they were enslaving and marginalizing the people that are there. See, the old concept of colonization is when you go someplace, you set up your own government, declare it yours, and then all the other European-based governments only recognize the government that was colonizing and no longer recognize the native people. Racism is real. So as we go through another year and have seen a new wave of Asian and Pacific Islander hatred and racism, we need to realize that racism can, can happen to any group. Yes, I know at one time the Italians had it against them, but that was mostly a cultural thing. And the Irish were enslaved at one point. And the different groups have had all of their different issues. But the thing that everyone seems to forget is the fact they will say, well, these other groups overcame their problems. Why can't you? Well, when it comes down to good old-fashioned U.S. racism, the crux of it that you see all over the world, it's not about the ethnic group. It's about the color of your skin. People all over the world have anglicized names so that their name will sound less Jewish, less Italian, less Irish. Because once you take that name off, even remove an accent or change a habit, you still have white skin and white skin will carry you further than anything else. So why am I talking about this? Why now? Why not now? It's a problem that we have and it's a problem that we continue to have. It's something that we must find a way to solve. And the reason I say must is because any nation divided against itself, any people divided against itself, will not be as strong as they could be if they were all on one accord. So when you think about racism and racist attitudes, remember that it's not just hurting the person that is directed to it, it's hurting the person that is directing it as well. I was reading an article once on Quora and this man was talking about he had the right to hate anyone he chose to hate. Wow. It just bothered me so much that he considered it a part of his freedom to hate whoever he wanted to hate. What is so wrong with a person that feels like they can accept hatred as being a part of their lives? What's so wrong with the person that feels as if they have to hate someone else? The truth of the matter is those that hate other people simply before who they are are demonstrating to the world their own self-hatred and their own 
I guess, feelings about themselves. Why do you have to hate someone and put them down just to make yourself feel good and feel important? Why can't you feel good and important about yourself on your own merit? Why do you have to think of yourself as better than someone else? That's a psychological and mental problem that we are dealing with. And that's what hate and racism is all about. So, thought I'd tell you some stories today just to get you thinking a little bit. So that the next time you hear someone says, oh, racism isn't real, it doesn't exist, they keep talking about it, all the Black people are racist because they keep mentioning it, yada, yada, yada. You can realize that racism is real and it affects everyone. And racism has affected every generation in my family from my great, great grandfather all the way to my grandson. And personally, I would love for my grandson to be the last generation that has to deal with racism. I would love for the fact that by the time he turns 21 in 11 years, that he will not have to be worried about being judged by the color of his skin and not by the content of his character, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said. I would love to be able to walk into any store or go any place and not have to worry about whether or not I will be served or waited on. Now, if you don't believe this is right, if you don't believe I'm telling the truth, talk to some of your Black friends and ask them about their experiences with racism. I will guarantee that 90, at least 95% of them have had some experience with racism. And I will guarantee that 100% of them have had family members or close friends with experiences with racism. Racism is that common thread that goes through our lives. It is the cause of that post-traumatic stress disorder that is in our DNA. And personally, I am tired of pretending that everything is all right because everything is not all right. And it has never been all right in this country, but it can be. As Amanda Gorman said in her inaugural poem, The Hill We Climb, we still have to climb that hill because we are not a broken nation, but we are simply unfinished. So let's finish it now. Let's finish it by making sure that we live up to the ideals that were placed on paper at the founding of this nation. The ideals that did not even consider us as Black people or women or even white men that didn't own lands as deserving of freedoms. But let's make what they say realistic and viable to all Americans, regardless of race, creed, color, nation of origin, language, or gender. It's time that we show a new way. It's time that we bring forth a new nation. 
it's time that we stop racism. Sounds like a hard task. It is. We will never change every mind of every person. But we can change the culture where racism no longer is acceptable or funny or even allow it. So those are my thoughts for today. Let me know what yours are. Hit me up in a comment in a comment or respond to my website in a comment. Anyway, have a great day, everyone. Happy Palm Sunday. And remember that in these times, we still need to hold on to our faith. Okay, talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you.